in Ocean View. Good to see you here this morning. Hey, my name's Russ, and uh, this is uh, I'm from Crofton, just down the road from you guys. Um, so I live down there. I'm from Warmland Community Church. I'm also part of Camp Quanos. So I recognize some of you guys from seeing you at Camp Quanos. So hello, if you're from Camp Quanos, this is great. And uh, I'm married to Michelle, and our kids are Kieran and Kendall. And uh, this is my fifth time getting to visit. Ocean View Community Church around this time of year, which I'm particularly excited about because uh, you come for the fifth time speaking, and they give you this commemorative Ocean View glass. It's great. It's clear. There's no logo on it. It's from Ikea. No, it's good. Eh? It's a good thing. And um, so I'm here with you guys here this morning. And um, um, usually around this time of year, uh, I will have just gotten back from spring break somewhere. Because working at Camp Quanos, <clears throat> we're kind of busy in the summertime. So that's not a good time to go away. And so what, what my wife and I did is we said to our kids, we'll always go somewhere for spring break instead. So uh, last year we decided, we, we went down to Palm Springs and I uh, had a time down there and I came back with a t-shirt and uh, it was great. And actually when I visited you guys, uh, it was Palm Sunday. So the message ended up being Palm Springs and other things, talking about all this Palm stuff. This year we decided to change it up and we went somewhere kind of the opposite of warm. And I don't know if, it, it, any guesses this is where we went? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you could guess. I don't know. Oh, Quebec. Okay. <laughs> we went to Quebec, which it's cold there and not like Palm Springs. But we realized that we, we hadn't taken our kids anywhere in Canada uh, because I guess usually you visit places in Canada when it's warm, which would be in the summer, which we don't have time to do. So we went to Quebec and to Ottawa, and it was great and got to see all that and had a great time there. And I brought home the t-shirt from that. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, Lady Smith Fellowship Baptist Church. I see where this is old stock. That's been a few years, but the Ocean View mugs are still coming, right? Or you're drinking from an Ocean View mug right now. I see. Okay. This is great. This is exciting. All right. There we go. Right on. <laughs> Get training. Get hurt. Get help. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Get training. Get hurt. Get help. Now, back in the fall, I decided I should, I should get in better shape. I should, uh, I should kick it up a notch. I should get, get training a little bit more. Um, I know that there's benefits to, to being in, in shape and to exercising, right? It, it helps your body. It helps you be healthier. But it's not just a, a, a body thing, right? I find, especially for me, when I get exercise, actually, I think better. I'm in a better state of mind. I'm more positive. Uh, I, I want to spend more time with God. There's all these great benefits, I find, to going and getting exercise. So I thought, I need to do more of this. Um, but you can't just jump right into, like, doing a marathon or something like that, right? You have to get training. So I started small. And I had heard, someone had told me about this 30-day challenge of every day, just, just do, uh, do, do half an hour of activity, even if it's just going for a walk. Don't let a day go by where you're just sitting around. So I thought, there's a starting point. I'm going to do this every day. Discipline. And I did, even if it was just going for a walk. So I did that in, in November, and then uh, I started in December, then maybe adding a little, bit, a little bit more, going for a jog or something like that. Um, it started getting colder in December, so it was a little harder to go outside. I know there were some folks here, from, they were talking about being in Winnipeg, and like, now that's cold. Right, but we talk about it in the West Coast, like, oh, but it's a damp cold. It's damp. It's worse, right? So in, in, in December, there was a damp 
kind of cold, and I didn't want to go outside. And so it was a little, it was harder to have the discipline to keep training at that point. What about you? Have you ever trained for something? Have you ever trained for an athletic kind of thing? Or maybe for some of you, you've, you've done job training, right? You're, you're at a job, you have to do some more training for the job, or you have to go outside somewhere else, get some training in order to do a job. Or if you're a student, I, I know there's some students in the room, you know, studying is like training, right? Because the big event that's coming is that exam, that test. You've got to train for that event that's coming. Well, I think that God has something to say to us about training. And when it comes to pursuing him and having faith in him, there's some training that we can do for that, and there's benefits to it. So we're going to take a look at that this morning. Uh, we're actually going to take a look at uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. So they'll be up there on the screen if you want to follow along, or you can look it up somewhere else as well. But 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, 24 to 27. Paul, the writer of this book, this is what he says to us. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, because of all that, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I don't train like the Prince of Bel Air. That's not in there, but ties into the video. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So if you're going to go into the games, you go into strict training. And if you're going to follow Jesus, you go into a certain kind of training as well. And there's value in that training that we do in our faith. Of course, there's value over here. If you go do uh, strict training for athletic stuff, that's going to have some value to it. But there's a value that comes out of the training we do when it comes to our faith. Training for godliness has value. And there's another part of Scripture I want to read you as well. This, we're jumping to another book here, uh, but it's 1 Timothy and it's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. This is what it says about training for godliness. Again, Paul, the writer of this book of the Bible, he says this. I have nothing to do with, with godless myths and old wives' tales, but rather train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and we strive, because we've put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. So this training for godliness, it's important, right? It's got value, and, and Paul comes up with this trustworthy saying. I figure that, that ought to pique our interest, right? If Paul says, here's a trustworthy saying, well, we should probably pay attention to what this thing is. And it's that thing of saying physical training, yeah, that's got some value. But godliness, training for godliness, that's got value for all kinds of things. So training for godliness is valuable. 
So what? It's like, what do we do with that? That's a nice thought. What do we do with it? How do we put it into action? So I wanted to throw it to you guys today. Three things. Three ways we can get training when it comes to our, our, our faith in God, our godliness. Let's see if these things might help you. So one way we can get training for godliness is this. Pick a place. You got to pick a place. Find a place, a spot where you can go and spend time with God. I find with that, I try to do this, and I, my, my spot is in the downstairs of my house, in the rec room, uh, where usually there's nobody, and there's a couch there, and I can go, and that's my place, and that's where I go and spend time with God. I usually do it in the morning. I guess if you've got to pick a place, you've got to pick a time, too. Some of you people are morning people, and some of you are evening people. I can tell because I can see you, and I can tell who the morning people are right now. Even though it's like, come on, it's like almost noon. Some of you are afternoon people. Great. Some of you are evening people, and it's going to take a while for you to get there. But you got to pick a place and a time that goes with it and have the discipline to, to go there and make that your place where you spend time with God. I feel like there's some days where I don't want to go to that place. Some days I don't even bother going there. And that's, some, that's part of the discipline. Because just like training over here for running, you don't always feel like going out for a run or something like that, but you have the discipline to go and make it happen. So one idea for you to get training is to pick a place. Another idea for you is to pick a book, as in pick a book of the Bible. Because you've got to start somewhere. Sometimes you don't know where you should go. By the way, this morning, uh, you know, uh, some of you are visiting here for the first time. That's awesome. Love that. And I remember going to church for the first time and like, I don't know what's going on. It was kind of scary. So we're glad you're here. And if you feel at all uncomfortable, so do I, because I'm visiting. I don't know what's going on around here. They got old mugs. But, but what I do know about this place is there's, there's great people here, and, and they love people, and they love God. So if you're visiting and you, and you feel a little uncomfortable, I feel a little uncomfortable too, and it's okay, because we're with some good people here, okay? But often too, if, if maybe you're starting to read the Bible for the first time, you don't even know where to start. You've got to start somewhere to pick a book. Uh, in this past December, I decided, I'm, I'm going to read the Psalms. I'm going to read the Psalms part of the Bible. And so what I'd do is I, I would go to my place in the morning, and I would take a Psalm, and I would read it. And my approach to it was, I'm going to pretend that this is the only thing that I get to read about God. So what is this going to tell me about who God is and what he's like? And so that would just make me pay attention, because I mean, I want to know what it says. But this is the only thing I got to read about God. So I read it, and I try to soak it in that way. So maybe that's something you can do. I'll say this too, if you're kind of, if you're just checking out Christianity, or if you're like a new Christian, uh, I wouldn't start with the first book in the Bible, Genesis, because it's a little weird, and it's a little confusing. Uh, I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I had a youth leader who told me, he's like, hey, why don't you read the book of John? Great place to start, you know, because it tells you all about who Jesus is, and that's exciting. So that might be a starting point for you. And even if you've been following Jesus for a while, you have to go back to the book of John and just read, soak in who Jesus is. So one way you can get training is to pick a place. Another way you can get training is to pick a book. Third way you might get training is to pick a picture or draw a picture. Now let me explain this. Now, you don't have to say this out loud, but there's bound to be someone in this room who's in grade 8, maybe. 
Don't, you, know, you don't have to put up your hand, but if, if you are in grade 8 right now, just inside, you can just go, mm, mm, yep. Or if, you, if you're going to go into grade 8 or grade 8 was not too long ago, you can go, mm, inside. Or if you're thinking like grade 8 was a long time ago, you can go, mm, mm, grade 8. When I went into grade 8, they had a choice. When it came to the arts, you could pick band, or you could pick art, or you could pick drama. You can only pick one. So I picked band. Rod says yes, because music's great. I picked band, which meant I never got to do art, which means I can't draw. I'm bad at drawing. But uh, when I was reading these psalms in December, I thought, I don't want to just read them and forget them. I need anything I can help me that can help me remember these. So I would, I would draw these little pictures, right? I would think, I read a psalm and go, what's like the main idea of this psalm? Or what's the, something in here that just sort of stands out to me? And I draw a little picture. And then tomorrow I can look back at that picture and it might help me remember the psalm. So I started doing that. And I brought three pictures with me. So there's the first picture. That's my attempt at a tree. And beside the tree, there's a stream. Because in Psalm 1, it talks about how when you trust Jesus and follow God, that then you are like a tree planted by streams. And God is, is nourishing you and helping you in your faith. And I thought, that's great. So now that I see that picture, it helps me remember Psalm 1. Next picture is this. <laughs> that's me on my couch crying. Because Psalm 6 talks about somebody who's just pouring out their hurt and their sorrow to God. And it says, it says there, I drench my couch with tears. That stood out to me. So I thought, I'm going to draw myself on my couch, drenched in tears. But I love that psalm that it reminds us that we are able to share with God our hurt and our sorrows, and he's there, and he's there for us. Third picture is this. This is the best one, right? Rock, fortress, deliverer. Because in Psalm 18, it describes God as that way. God's my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Now, that's a rock. At one point, it was just a circle. And I would go back and look at my picture, and I'm like, God's a cloud? I'm like, oh, no, I, I meant to draw a rock. I'm bad at drawing. So I wrote rock in there. And then I thought, I need to draw something that looks like a fortress. So I, I drew a big castle. And I'm like, then for FedEx, they always deliver. So like, that's my attempt at a FedEx truck. And then actually the next picture, which is not something I drew, this is the FedEx logo. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the FedEx logo, there's actually an arrow I don't know if you've noticed this before. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. In the negative space there between the E and the X, there's an arrow. Why? Because FedEx always delivers. So now, for the rest of our lives, as we see FedEx trucks around, you're going to go, the Lord is my deliverer. <laughs> there you go. So pick a picture. Maybe something you can do. Did you decide? He's like, there it is. I know. Honestly, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. You're just like, arrow. There's an arrow. But ways that we can get training for godliness, right, is to pick a place or pick a book, pick a picture. Maybe these things can help you as you do those things. Now, we can get training for godliness that way. Get training Get hurt, get training, get hurt. Now, in my, continue the athletic story, it got colder in, in December, and I didn't want to go outside. 
and it was harder to be disciplined. But then I discovered at Camp Quanos, where I work, there's a little gym, and they have a treadmill. I've never run on a treadmill. Might as well try it out. You get to stay inside when you run. This is great. So I did try it. It's a little different. It feels a little different to run on a treadmill, but I did. I remember my right calf felt a little stiff at times, but I'm like, whatever. And then I, I had to go over to the mainland for this camping conference, and I thought, well, I could go for a run over there. It's different. So I did, and yeah, right calf, still a little bit tight and stuff, whatever. Then on the way back, because I wanted to return to the promised land, which is Vancouver Island, so I had to go to the Horseshoe Bay Ferry Terminal, and I did, and I parked my car, and I left my car, and I went to get something. And then I saw some friends from the camping conference. So we're having this conversation over here. And then, you know, the announcement comes on. Please return to your vehicles. We're getting ready to board the ferry. So I look over, and our car line is already moving. So I'm like, I got to go. I turned and started sprinting. And that's when it happened. Something snapped. And then it was just burning. But I still got to get to the car because there's lines moving. So I'm doing this. <laughs> And, I, and some of the car lines are moving, and the other ones aren't. So everyone that's in the non-moving car lines is like, look at that guy. <laughs> I can't even, like, bend it. But I had to get to the car. got to the car and got on the ferry. And then, like, I want to go upstairs because I'm hungry, but I can't move my leg. And it was bad. So something had happened where I, I injured it. Something went wrong. I got hurt. How about you? Have you ever gotten hurt playing a sport, playing a game, training for something? Or sometimes you just get hurt in life, right? And even though you're spending time with God and you're reading the, the Bible, you still, you still can get hurt in life. But that's where our training can help us. Because if we're used to spending time with God, then when we get hurt, we still spend time with God and he's there with us in our hurt. Or maybe because of our training, then in the times when we're hurt, we remember the things we've read from God's word and it helps us in the midst of our hurt. Helps us deal with the hurt. So you get training, get hurt, get help. Get training, get hurt, get help. Once I got home after having this injury, eventually I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do about this injury. Like, is it just going to get better on its own? I don't know. Am I ever going to run again? So I decided I needed some help from someone smarter than me. So I went to a physiotherapist and said, this is what happened. What do I do? And the physiotherapist said, well, yeah, you probably, you know, you're running on the treadmill. You're not used to that. You turned too quickly when you ran for the ferry and something went wrong. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, what what do I do? And the physiotherapist said, well, I'm going to give you some exercises. You need to actually go home and do these exercises for it to help you. And uh, that should, in the long run, kind of help you get out. Because I wanted to know what went wrong, uh, how to get better, and how to do better next time so it wouldn't happen again. What about you with that? Today, maybe you need to get help. Or maybe... You need to talk to somebody who's going to help you in your hurt to figure out what exactly went wrong here. Or maybe you need to connect with someone smarter than you who's going to help you kind of navigate through what to do next time so that that hurt doesn't happen again. So that's get training, get hurt, get help.
Now, for, for you here this morning, uh, this could be the start of something for you. I know some of you are, are going gonna to walk out of the church building today, and you're not going to remember a single word I said, except for the FedEx truck thing. That's going to haunt you forever. But you might walk out of here and like, ah, whatever. And that's fine. That happens. Uh, but for some of you, this could be the start of something. Uh, this could be where you decide to get training. You go, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get training. I am going to go and pick a place that I can spend time with God in. Or you're going to go, you know what? I, I, I am going to get reading the Bible. I'm going to pick a book, and I'm going to start reading that book of the Bible. Or you're thinking, you know what? <laughs> I'm even going to draw pictures to help me remember this, this, these things that I'm reading in the Bible. That could be you. Or today, it could be you just realizing, you know what? I think I am hurting a bit right now. Maybe you've been ignoring it for a while and you're just going, yeah, I'm kind of in a hurting place in my life. That might just be what needs to come out of this today. Or it may be you taking the next step and going, okay, I know I'm hurt. I think I need somebody's help with my hurt. I think I need to go to somebody and say, can you, can you just hear me out on this where I'm at in my life? Or can you help me figure out what went wrong over here so I can move forward and heal? Or it could be you going to someone saying, I think I need your help to figure out kind of what to do so I don't have this hurt happen again. Maybe that's you today. But overall, I think what we, what we read from this scripture is this idea that, yeah, everybody who competes in games, in the Olympics, something like that, they go into strict training. And we can get training for our godliness for our, this whole pursuit of God. And, uh, and we can remember this trustworthy saying from Paul, right, where he's saying, hey, physical training, it's of some value. You know, if you decide to train and, and get running and do stuff like that, it's of value. But training for godliness, that's, that has all kinds of value. It goes way beyond that. So we can get training. It's something we can do. And uh, even if you realize, yeah, I'm kind of hurt, there's some value in that as well realize that and share that with somebody. As you guys, as we do this kind of training, you probably won't pull your calf muscle in this training. It's different kind of training, but it's good. It's worth doing. And so even if you, in the midst of life, as you're getting training, if you get hurt, you can take that next step and say, I need help. I need to get help from somebody. So we get training. You get hurt, you get help. Can we pray together? God, thank you. Thank you that, uh, that you love us. Thank you that there's value in, in training for our life with you it, and that it takes some effort. Uh, would you help us, please, to do the kind of effort that it takes to spend time with you, um, to read your word, read the Bible, and to remember what it says, even. Thank you for that. Thank you for uh, the the richness of, of the Bible and what it tells us about you. We can remember that you are, when we follow you, that, that we are like trees planted by streams of water because you're flowing into us. And God, thank you that when we are sad and we're struggling and when we're hurt, we can share those hurts with you. Even if we drench our couch with tears, you're there. And thank you, God, that, um, wow, you're our, you're our rock. 
and our fortress and our deliverer, and we can trust in you. So thank you for that. Help us, if we're wanting to pursue you, help us to keep pursuing you and to have the discipline to do it. But thank you that, that our, our acceptance by you is not based on how we do in this training or this pursuit of you. It's not. You love us. That's the way it is. But as you love us, we want to pursue you. So help us in this training to find you and follow you. So thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Russ. Ooh, that's loud. You can turn me down a little bit. Um, yeah, that's exciting that we have a God who knows us each so uniquely, and he knows if we're in training or needing help or um, exactly where we're at. So thanks for that message. That's great. Let's just continue in this place of prayer as we bring um, other things before God. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We praise you for all that you're doing in each of us individually, in our country, and in our community. Thank you, Lord, for bringing unanimity in the body of our church, in the votes, in the vote for the Kinsey family. We just are trusting and knowing it's of you when that happens. So thank you, and we just pray your blessing on them as they finish the last pieces to make the transition from Quadra Island to our community here in Ladysmith. Thank you for that family, Lord. Thank you for Eileen Dillon and the pillar that she is in our church and that her angiogram went well. And we continue to pray for her, for strength and for peace and for wisdom of the doctors as she awaits uh, news about surgery. Uh, your prayer also goes on, Lord, to say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we want to see your kingdom come here in Ladysmith. Canada and the world as it is in heaven. We specifically pray for the leaders in our community, for Mayor Aaron Stone and his council. And we lift up to you our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Oh God, we desire godly leadership. Give them integrity and wisdom as they lead your people, we pray. Father, we also lift up to you Daisy, a friend of Jackie Ross's who was hit by a car in the parking lot in Duncan. Thank you for the small improvement that doctors are seeing. We pray for wisdom as they continue to analyze that situation, and we continue to pray for guidance and clarity for all the medical people around her as she continues to recover. And Lord, we continue to be grieved at the losses in the Humboldt tragedy. I can't even fathom the hole that they feel in their hearts and the confusion of trying to reconcile why. We lift up to you all the families and community members who are working through these losses of young people and others that were integral in their communities. Thank you for the outpouring of Canadians as our country comes together in mind, heart, and finances around this tragedy. And Lord, I think about the... the Scripture in Philippians 4, the peace, and we just pray that peace, the peace that transcends all understanding to guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus, that through grief they might reach out to you, the only one able to bring peace and light at this dark time. Give us this day our daily bread. 
we pray for jobs for those who are seeking work and that you provide for their financial needs. We pray for the upcoming silent auction. Thank you already for 70 donations. Um, help each of us to come and contribute the best that we can, and we just pray for that event, that it would bring our debt down. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Colossians 3.13 asks us to bear with each other and forgive one another. Lord, help us to be people to quickly forgive and seek reconciliation if someone has something against us, that we would be humble in spirit, desiring to become more like you day by day and word in word and deed. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray for those of us in our church and in our community who may be struggling with drug or alcohol addiction, pornography, lying, cheating, or other vices that separate us from you, that you would bring our hearts to recognize these things, sometimes that are so subtle, that seek to pull us away from your truth. Lord, it's only through you that strongholds and vices can truly be broken. We need you. And we earnestly seek you as we deal with our own areas of weakness and to be used by you to reach others lost in vices too strong for them alone to overcome. Lord, help us to be people who have eyes to see when you're calling us to help and care for others, that no one would feel alone in their struggle. Uh, finally, we lift up all the unspoken hurts, losses, and trials that your people here today are struggling with. There are many. Lord, finally and most importantly, we thank you for all you are, for all you give, and for loving us all equally and unconditionally. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>